why do you love running? There's so much that I love about running. Everything. That runner's high. The excitement of winning the race. You can do it anywhere. I can make a list of like a hundred things. You get to see so much on a run. Being able to. The joy of finishing the race. You can just get into a, a rhythm. Most of the runners that I know are just, you know, really good, positive people. Being around and meeting other people who also love it. The freedom of it. I have become friends with so many motivating and inspiring people through running. And it just can provide a lot of happiness to a lot of people. There's just so so much to it and it just makes me happy. Welcome to the For Love of Running podcast. I'm your host Jeremy Stevens. As a runner, I have coached and ran races on the roads and trails covering distances from 5k to 50k. Each episode I share my love of running by having interesting conversations with runners of all ages and ability levels. This is the story behind the miles. To stay informed on the latest episodes, follow the For Love of Running podcast on social media. Connect with us on Instagram at For the Love of Running Podcast and Twitter at Love Running Pod. Make sure you join our Facebook group, For the Love of Running Podcast, and let us know why you love running. I always looked at it, what's the least amount of work that we can do to get the most out of it? So I guess that was my philosophy. But when it comes to training, every person is, in my mind, an individual project. What is it that they need and how can I help them? Today, my guest is a personal trainer, coach, and runner. He's competed in countless races on the roads and trails. He was born in Bosnia and came to America as a refugee in 1995 when he was 19 years old. He has lived in New Hampshire and now resides in Pennsylvania. He is the owner of Philadelphia Endurance Enhancement Project, PEEP, and the Seacoast Running Project, which are his online coaching services. Welcome to the For Love of Running podcast, my friend and personal running coach, Yasmin Lepierre. Thanks for having me. So Yaz, I've known you now. For, for a number of years, uh, we, we go back because of our wives, right? They're connected from high school. Um, I really don't know a lot about your backstory, so I'm interested to learn a little bit about, you know, how did you first get involved in running? So i always been very active as a young kid. I when, when I grew up in Bosnia, I played a lot of team sports like basketball and soccer, and, and running was always part of at least as far as training. But once I stopped playing basketball, I guess I picked up running as another form of competitive activity that I could do at the age of 31 is when I really started running. I, I never really thought of road racing as something that just the regular people do because I wasn't familiar with the whole concept of it. The guy at the gym that I used to work at as a personal trainer asked me to do a race and I showed up and that's where everything started. That was about 14 years ago or so. Do you remember what the race was and, and how it went? Yeah, it was a Reds 5-miler, which is in Dover, New Hampshire. It went pretty well. He was a competitive runner himself in the age group, and I ended up beating him. And I think he regretted for asking me to show up. So, <laughs> so yeah, then I guess I realized that, that maybe I can do some of this stuff. So you skipped the 5K, which a lot of people do first, and you went right to this 5-miler because your friend just said, hey, come on out. 
Yeah, he bugged me the whole weekend. He just kept saying every single day, I'll see you on Saturday, I'll see you on Saturday. And I finally, I showed up. And if I remember, I think I had a basketball sneakers on and I was totally not ready. And, and he actually paid for my race entry because I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't have any money or, or a check or anything because I had no clue what was happening. Sure. Yeah, then we started running and I guess I just, I don't know, that competitiveness just took off. And How did your running progress from there after doing this five-miler? I obviously just started signing up for more races. Then I realized that, hey, you know, I studied this stuff in school, so I can probably use some of that knowledge and actually do some actual training. Then I, you know, applied more training into my regular running routine. I guess I just became more competitive because I ended up seeing same people at the races. And then I started competing against them, you know, them and then myself and that just kind of stuff. So you mentioned that you studied this kind of stuff in school. What did you study in school and where? Yeah, so I went to University of New Hampshire back in 1997, and I graduated in 2001, and I studied kinesiology. I was going to be a phys ed teacher, but and I realized that, you know, by my third year, I realized that I wasn't going to do well with one on 60, which was the gym setting that I was familiar with through my school. Then I decided to become a personal trainer because I figured one-on-one is a lot easier and a lot lot more my speed than being a PE teacher. Once I finished school, I became a personal trainer and started working as a personal trainer in the gym. What did you like about that besides the small group coaching, you know, being a personal trainer? What did you enjoy about being a personal trainer? Just the fact that I can help people, you know, achieve their goals and guide them towards um, being successful because, you know, there were a lot of people that just had no idea where to start and what to do about what they wanted to accomplish. They just had no, no direction, I guess. The fact that I could provide them with some direction and be part of their success is what made me want to do something like that. Sticking with the personal training, how would you describe a lot of your clients? Are most of them first-time gym members or just people that have very specific goals? Who are the type of people that you work with? So when I first started working, that was the case. It was mostly people looking to, you know, just get in shape, you know, your typical weight loss, maybe get a little stronger, feel a little better. But as I had more and more clients, I sort of started specializing in in more performance-based training, people that had more specific goals, such as, you know, competing in like powerlifting meets. I've trained people to compete in powerlifting meets. I actually even trained people to compete in bodybuilding meets. It was more for performance-based types of clients that I started getting more so because I think it was just more what I gravitated towards anyways. You know, when you first get into this field, you kind of have to take on, you know, whoever's there and whoever's willing to work with you. But later on, you have a little bit more flexibility, but it does take a little time, specialize, if you will. So you studied kinesiology in college, and then you said you did the five miler and you thought back, hey, I studied it. This could help me with training. What did you remember from your university days that helped you as you began your time as a runner? Well, it was just learning about different energy systems and how to uh, how to train different energy systems and what energy systems are required to do certain tasks, like whether it's running a 5K or whether it's, you know, maybe running a half marathon, because those are two different things. Even they're both running, they're two different types of energy systems being used to accomplish the goal. So, you know, then I started going back to my books and just learning or you know, just learning more, I guess, studying different training methods more specifically, because in school, you get more of the general knowledge. And then you kind of have to go and look at on your own for a little bit more specific types of training methods you can apply towards each goal. 
And that's the one thing about running is there's so many different coaching and training philosophies and everybody's so different. It's hard to like kind of hone in on one that works for everybody. So yeah, specializing in that there's so much out there. Is there one philosophy or, or a, a handful of philosophies that you use when you're working with your athletes, when you're coaching running or when you were working with you, when you were developing as, as a runner yourself? Well, I always look at, you know, just because of the clientele that I'm working with, I always looked at how, how can we accomplish most with the least amount that we have? Okay. Does that make sense? Like, like what, what's the least amount of work that we have to do to get the most that we can? Because a lot of runners have that mindset that doing a lot more is better. That's not necessarily the case because a lot of us just don't have time. You know, most of us are not professional athletes. This is not the only thing we do. We have lives. You know, some people have families, some people have, you know, work or both. <laughs> so, you know, there, there, there's not a lot of time that they have at their disposal to just focus on training. So I always looked at it, what's the least amount of work that we can do to get the most out of it? So I guess that was my philosophy. But when it comes to training, every person is, in my mind, an individual project. What is it that they need and how can I help them, you know, with the time and and resources that they have or that they can actually provide. You worked on developing yourself as a runner and you were also a personal trainer. When did you transition to coaching other runners? Well, I was a personal trainer that I would get some runners that wanted to do, you know, some strength training because it would, um, you know, they thought it would help them with running and that kind of stuff, which it does. You know, just with the conversations or, you know, during the training sessions, you know, we, we would get into some training methods and, and, and I started realizing that a lot of them are just running. You know, they're not really doing specific types of workouts that, that they can make them better. So, you know, I started, you know, educating them a little bit more about that. And then I was like, well, I, I can do this. I, I can actually coach these people and started with one person that I was training just like as a personal training, like strength training, that kind of stuff. And I, on the side, I started writing her the uh, running plans and workouts and things started getting better. And I'm like, yeah, I can do this with other people as well. So then I started, you know, when I was at the races, I started talking to people and told them that I can actually help them out. And that, that, that's how it started, basically. It started with really one, one client where it was just kind of a side project, really. So that one person trusted you, you saw results, they saw results, and then you kind of built your confidence through their development and then the it grew from there yeah basically that's how it happened yeah so how would you describe some of the runners that you coach i would imagine that their abilities and their ages are all over the map which is unique and fun and challenging in its own way yeah i mean i i've had clients of like i said like you said of all, all age groups my youngest client was 14 years old and my oldest was, or still is, in his 70s. And I had clients anywhere in between. And most, most of these runners are your age group runners, like non-elite runners. You know, people that are just looking to get a little better than they are, maybe race a PR. Very, very few of them are looking to win a race, maybe find a small local race that they can win. But that's not the primary goal. Most of them just want to get either a little better run a PR or maybe, you know, finish their first half marathon or a marathon or just not get hurt while training for something down the road. Yeah, that's primarily most of my clientele. How does it feel when your athletes achieve their goals after you've helped coach them along the way and create these these running plans? It feels very good. I mean, that's something that I think every coach likes to see is when 
their clients succeed because that's the whole point of training is, you know, to get from point A to point B and have that be a successful, successful thing, I guess, you know, just, just because, um, like I said, it's the entire point of, of training is to get your client or your athlete to achieve their goal. So it, it feels good. It feels, it, it feels good to see them happy. You said earlier during your time when you were in college, you were studying to become what you thought was going to be like a PE or a phys ed teacher working with younger children, but now you you work mostly with adults. So what are some of the positives and maybe what are some of the challenges with working with adults? The biggest positive is working one-on-one. It's because, you know, I can, I can focus on that one athlete and better them at their pace rather than just you know, trying to work with 30, 40, 60 kids in a classroom and cater to the entire group, which, which is very difficult. And it, I guess it's just not how I'm wired. I, I think that's the biggest positive. But the challenges are mostly, it's mostly time related, I guess. As I mentioned earlier, you know, everybody has lives and things happen. And sometimes I have to change workouts on, you know, hours notice. It's, you know, it's not, it's not the work itself. It's just that sometimes clients get worked up or stressed out about like, oh, if I don't do this workout, things are going to go bad. And then I have to kind of, you know, calm them down and say like, all right, you know, the world's not going to end. It's all right. I think that's the biggest challenge is because, you know, sometimes people just stress out way too much about missed workout. And that sounds like a solid piece of advice that one workout is not going to make or break your race. I mean, I've been guilty of feeling that way in the past. Like if I miss like maybe a, a quality speed work session on track or something like that, you know, you kind of feel guilty and you're like, oh no, this is really going to set me back. But in the, in the long development of a, of a training block, it doesn't have that big of an impact. No, it doesn't. Things can be made up over time. You know, the fitness can, you, you can make up, you can lose fitness, you can gain fitness, you know, and, and one workout's not going to make a huge difference. Now, if you're skipping workout every single week, then over time, you know, you might see a, you know, loss of your fitness, but that one workout, it's it's really not not going to make a huge difference. I mean, psychologically, it can take some people you know down the wrong path, but I guess that's the one of the jobs of the coaches is to explain that and and show them that it's not a big deal. Just like you know, one bad night of sleep is not going to ruin your entire metabolism or anything like that. But you know, it's it's or one bad meal is not going to make you overweight. That kind of stuff. You know, some people just do stress out, and you know, I guess my job is to make sure that they don't do that, I guess. So let's talk a little bit about how the Seacoast Running Project came about. That was like your first running services that you created. So talk a little bit about, you know, when did it begin? And then kind of where you are now um, with the Philadelphia Endurance Enhancement Project. So the Seacoast Running Project started while I lived in New Hampshire, and it started in 2000. 17 officially i launched it as a as a company it's an online coaching service the way it works people get invited to my coaching portal and basically do an initial consultation uh, or what i call needs analysis and you know figure out what is it that this person needs to do at this point in order to get to their goals down the road it's a simple business i guess and most of the athletes that are that you coach in that company lived up in New Hampshire? Yeah. So the idea was to be, to only take on the local clients. So I did not want 
necessarily clients who I could not see or meet with or be at their races. So the idea was to be a very local uh, oriented business, you know, so like that way I could go people's races, cheer them on, you know, see them succeed and that kind of stuff. So that, that, that was the entire reasoning behind it being called Seacoast Running Project because the area I used to live in was referred as a Seacoast. And that company still exists, right? Even though now you live in Pennsylvania. It still does, yes, because, you know, it, I still go up and visit, you know, friends and the athletes that I, um, that I coach. Every once in a while, I'll go to a big race. I've lived up there for a very long time. And you're still coaching athletes in that area, right? Yes, that's still up and going. I still have a pretty solid base of my clients that are working with me consistently or on and off basis, like if they're getting for a specific race or something like that, they'll reach out to me. The coaching is online. I can pretty much do it from anywhere. I normally don't like taking on clients that I cannot meet with at least once for that initial consultation because it almost, I guess I'd just like to know my athletes. That's, that's just how I feel. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and, and read a lot of stuff about coaching and running and training. And, and a lot of what people say is anyone can write a good workout, create a good plan. But a lot of times it's that, that relationship that you have with your athletes that helps them to accomplish their goals. And if you don't have that chance to maybe meet or talk to them throughout the training, sometimes they're not as successful as they could be. So it sounds like you really like to have that face-to-face um, when possible. That does make a huge difference, I think, you know, because as you said, anybody can write a plan, you know, and you can go online and find a you know 16-week plan that can get you ready for anything. But at the same time, knowing that there's actually a person there that you can call anytime when you have some sort of a crisis, let's say, uh, and, you know, they can kind of, you know, walk you off that edge. So, you know, that, I think that that does help a little bit. So even now with the Philadelphia Endurance Enhancement Project, that's that's the goal is to start working with people that I actually can see locally, meet them, and so they'll know who I am. It does limit me a little bit as, from a business perspective, but, you know, I'd rather have what I like than... Coaching anywhere across across the internet kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if I were that famous then that's a different story but you know it's it's i guess i just like to help local people around so (laughs) so talk about the philadelphia endurance enhancement project are you coaching athletes in the area now have you how many athletes do you coach up there so i've just started i actually just have a one right now that i'm working with I, i don't think that this whole you know, coronavirus thing is helping much because the races are being canceled all over the place and there's a lot of less opportunity for marketing, I guess. Yeah, right now I have one client that, and we were supposed to be, uh, or we are training for Broad Street 10 miler, which is in Philadelphia at the beginning of May, whether it's going to happen or not, we'll see, but we're still training as if it will. Hopefully I can start, you know, meeting more people and, uh, you know, get more clients. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording about the coronavirus and, you know, you know, should we talk about it or should we not? And I think we probably should because it's impacting everyone. And I think it's impacting you, especially because you said you're a personal trainer. So you meet with people. Uh, you really can't do it virtually. I mean, I guess you could, but that would be really a strange thing. And then also your your coach, your running coach, and you're trying to develop your business or grow your business in Pennsylvania. Do you have any advice for for runners out there? Everyone's going through 
how they should handle it with the social distancing. You know, today is March the 16th. I'm a high school teacher. We are now two weeks closed in Maryland. They just closed down movie theaters, bars, restaurants, and like those things. So a lot of people are having a lot of anxiety. They don't know what to do. So do you have any advice for runners? Wash your hands, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. It's a common sense. I mean, if, if the local authorities are asking to be socially distancing, I mean, you know, I know you might have, you might be running in your running group, but, you know, try to do it on your own if you can. It will pass hopefully sooner than later. You know, there's still opportunities to work out. You know, there's always treadmills if you have them at home. If not, there's, you know, you can still run outside. Running is probably the best sport for this because you can do it alone. Yeah. You can do it outside. You can do it anywhere. My race got postponed. I'm sure some of your races got postponed. Your athletes' races got postponed. Yeah. The worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to have better fitness. I'm going to get that time outside, out of the house. I'm going to run by myself. So I'm not going to have to worry about social distancing. And I'm going to just stick to the grind and, and kind of train through and still have that fitness. That's my approach, at least how I'm handling it right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just think of it as it's three more months of or two more months of train extra training. Maybe you wanted to do really well in a race in May, but now it just might have to be June, you know, or, or something like that if your race got postponed for a later date. Running is a process, and that process just got a little bit longer. I mean, and, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, as you said, you know, sort of the best thing that can happen is you just get more fit. If you stick without grind and you do things that you would normally do anyway, you know, as long as you're not risking of getting sick or being out for a while. Sure. Yeah, I bet you race directors, you know, they would love to put on their races, but unfortunately it's the, the state and local governments that are saying, hey, no gatherings were over this many people. And so unfortunately, you know, that's not, not the reality right now. I have talked to a couple of my friends who are runners and, you know, they're thinking about having some unofficial kind of almost like time trials. So if you're, if you're fit and you were ready for a race and that race is canceled, you can kind of think of creative ways to maybe push yourself and test yourself and see, hey, would I come close to that PR? I know it's not as much fun as a race day setting with maybe hundreds or depending on how big thousands of people, but it might be a way to take your mind off of the the uncertainty of, of the time we're living in right now. Some runners will do definitely do that. I mean, it's I think the more serious people that are into like winning races and, and, and competing at the high level, it's much easier for them because they're, they have done those kind of workouts in past. And, and, and to them, it's just, okay, maybe it's not a race, but it's just a hard workout. But I think more recreational runners, think of it, the, the reason why you got into this. If it's, if it's because you liked it, then there's no, you know, you don't, you don't have to do a race in order to like something that you like to do. You know, if it's for the fitness reason, I mean, you know, the roads, the trails are still there. You can still do it, you know, as long as you're not, again, putting yourself in a situation where there's a lot of people and you, you can potentially get sick. As you said, it's a great thing about running. You can do it anywhere. You can do it alone. You can do it at any time of the day. And, you know, all you need is a pair of shoes, I guess. That's the beauty of the sport, right? It's very simple when it comes down down to it. One foot in front of the other. Yeah. Get outside. That's the one place that I feel like a lot of people feel most comfortable right now. 
as long as you're not around large groups of people. I mean, you can really still get out and enjoy it. Yeah. Just a few more questions. Kind of want to go back to your coaching business a little bit. You kind of mentioned before that you're really big into focusing on the individual, focusing on the athlete as a person when you develop their plan, you have a consultation with them. What's that process like when you meet with the athlete? What are those questions that you're asking them? You know, how do you create the plan and how do you get that plan to the athlete and then get the feedback back and forth? So if someone is hiring you as a running coach, what, what do you offer, you know, in that process? So the entire process starts, as I said, with uh, what I call the needs analysis. So I would meet with an uh, athlete and basically gather information that would help me design a plan or a program for them to achieve their goal, whatever that is. Questions I ask are basically about their fitness background, like what kind of things have they done thus far, how many days a week they run, if they currently run, how many days they can run if they, you know, if they're not running, but they want to get into it, how much time they have, if they've had any kind of issues, injuries, limitations, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I basically will collect some data, like if they have done some races before, I'll ask them about their current PRs for different distances. And once I gather all that information, I'll basically look it over and then I will figure out what is it that this person needs to work the most on, like what aspect of running they need to work most on. And then I will focus on that in their plan long-term. As far as designing the program, I usually work backwards from the date of the race. So if their race is 16 weeks out, I will start from the day of the race and I'll work backwards. You know, I'll have so many blocks of training, which consist of either four to six weeks of training, depending on what kind of event it is. And then I will basically create a little a framework on that training log that I have. That's something that athletes can't see on their log, but I can as a coach. And I will, you know, I will put in some key workouts. That would be basically the picture perfect or the best case scenario. If everything goes by the plan, that's kind of like what what it looks like. So it's, it's it's kind of like if you were to get a 16-week online plan, plan, you know, from like Runner's World or something like that. That that thing is a picture perfect. But if you know what happens if the things don't go well during like the first two weeks or what happens if you're sick for two weeks or something like that, then I have to go in and make adjustments. So once I create that framework, then I basically upload workouts on a weekly basis. So you as an athlete go onto your training log and you see your assignments for that week. And then based on how you do that week and based on your feedbacks, I will upload the next week. So the next week could be exactly as I planned it earlier, but it can actually change based on the feedback that you give me. And based on how the workouts from the week before went, it's basically a week by week with a framework. Does that make sense? That definitely does. I mean, I've experienced it. I'll say right now, Yaz is my running coach. I've been running for Seacoast Running Project now for four years, maybe. Four years, yeah. I think so. And we can talk a little bit about that. But you really helped me as far as performance-wise achieve goals that, that I'd never really thought about. I kind of was one of those people like who would just go out and run. Like I'm thinking back to my very first marathon training plan. I kind of created with one of those runner's world type plans. But thinking back on it, I think I ran four days a week and three of those four days, I was only running like four miles at a time. And then I was doing a long run. I don't know how I achieved my goal when I did that. I might've just been younger and blissfully just like not aware of how probably undertrained I was for that. But you have given me since I've started running for you, 
just a lot more direction and the results speak for themselves. I've had a half marathon PR. I've had a marathon PR. I've had a 5k PR. I've ran my first 50k. So, you know, I've had a lot of uh, positive results, you know, since working with you. I'm proof that the system works, right? You've helped me get fit and achieve these goals that maybe I think there's a lot of runners out there, a lot of people who are interested in seeing what they can do and just aren't sure where to go. So if someone is interested, like I did go to college in Pennsylvania, so there's still some people who are connected who are probably listening to this in Pennsylvania, and I hope there's more reach that we go there. How does someone get in contact with you about either Seacoast Running Project or Philadelphia Endurance Enhancement Project? What's the best way? The easiest way would be to go to the Peeps Run Dot com. That is a website for the Philadelphia Endurance Enhancement Project, and there will be a contact info on there. You can either send me an email or phone call. Either way, I respond very quickly. You know, we can start from there. I'm also on Instagram, Peeps Run. Yeah, that's awesome. And I will link that information in the show notes because I think there's a lot of people out there who just, they don't know what it takes to accomplish their goals. Like I just didn't really, I would go out and run pretty much the same pace every run and you don't have to do that. You got to give yourself time to recover. But then there's also other times where you have to kind of push yourself through training to build up that, that strength, that endurance, those energy systems like you were talking about earlier so that you can achieve your goals on race day. You can get only so far with doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, if you have specific goals, then you might have to do more specific types of things. I think that's where the coach helps, you know, someone that can actually look at things objectively and tell you that, hey, these are things that you need to work on if you want to get to your goal and this is how you get them done. Sometimes coaches need to take people back a little bit because like I said earlier, some people just want to do more and more and more and more without actually understanding the consequences of how that can actually be a negative thing as well. Right. So let's talk about um, some final questions. This will be the recovery segment. The most important part, I feel like, that sometimes runners don't do well is recovery. These questions won't always be related to recovery, but they might. Getting ready for this, I looked up some of your results on Athlinks because I really didn't know a whole lot of like the kind of races that you, you like to run. Um, I've only run one race with you. I think it was last year. It was a 25K trail race. That was a very unique one. I know you've done some things on the roads and the trails. Do you have a type of race or a distance that you think is your favorite and that you like to train for more often than not? I have a like a what I call love-hate relationship with the 5Ks. I like 5Ks because they're very short and they don't take up a lot of your time for that particular day. However, they're also very, very hard because they're run at very hard effort. So, but I like training for them because they're such a small window of improvement, I guess. And I think it's something that you really have to dial in in order to get better. Because, you know, when I'm training for a, a 5K race, you know, getting a PR, it comes down to like a second or two maybe at this point. But yeah, but that's the kind of a thing that I like. You know, because it is as crazy as it sounds, putting all that work just to run it one second faster, that's kind of like what drives me really. Whereas, you know, training for a 25K trail race, it's fun in its own way, but 
no trail race is exactly the same. Sometimes you can even go to a same trail race, but the, but the course can be completely different or the, you know, the weather can make a huge difference whether you run a PR or not because it's much, much longer race. I think the 5K is something I really like the most. So you mentioned PR. What's your PR for a 5K? Officially, it is 17.10. There was a one race that was officially called a 5K, but it was a little bit short, and I ran that 16.59. So if you saw that on Athlinks, that, that, that was not a really a full 5K. That's still a really fast time for someone that got into running when you were in your 30s. That's pretty, that's pretty outstanding. Yeah. And 17.10, I think I ran when I was 42, I want to say. That's awesome. So it just that shows like age is just but a number. I mean, there's a lot of people. Development takes time. So if you're if you're coming into running later on, there is still a lot of hope that you could improve as you get older. It just takes consistency and development and time. Yeah, a lot of people can improve. So I ask this to all the people that I interview, what do you love about running? The thing I love about running, I guess it's a variety of emotions that running can provide. For some people, it's just the excitement of winning the race. For others, it's a joy of finishing the race. It's an also activity that, as we talked about earlier, you can do it at any time, at any place. And it just can provide a lot of happiness to a lot of people because, you know, it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people use as a stress reliever. So I think it's just a, it's a variety that it brings to everybody's lives. So many people can do it for so many different reasons. It's something that not many other things can do, I think, as well as running does. Sometimes people get angry and they go out for a run and they feel so much better after that, you know. So I think it's just a variety of emotions that depending on why you're doing it, by doing the same activity, different people can you know, experience different emotions, I guess. So I think that's, that's just a, one of the biggest reasons why I love about running. So you've been running, I think you said about 14 years or so? 14 years. Okay. Competitively, yes, in races. Sure. You've had a lot of different memories over over that time span. Do you have a favorite or, or a handful of favorite running memories? One of my favorite memories is um, training my wife for her very first half marathon. We ran it together and, you know, we had we had two goals. One was to finish and, and second one was to finish in a certain amount of time. I think it was just under two hours or something like that. Nothing spectacular, but when we ran together through that finish line holding hands, I just saw how happy she was that, you know, she accomplished both goals. I think it was just an awesome feeling. And and I guess it was also awesome to know that I was actually going to live for a little while longer because she would have killed me if none of those things happened. <laughs> but just kidding. But yeah, it was, it, it, I think that was one of my favorite memories, you know, just because she was so happy that she has done both of those things. And it was in her hometown. So it was in Philadelphia. It was a rock and roll Philadelphia half marathon. That's a special memory. And, and I know it's not always easy to coach like your significant other. And you've gone on to coach her since then, right? I believe she's completed multiple marathons and oh, yeah. had a lot of other successes. Yeah, that was her first half marathon. I think that was back in, oh man, I don't even remember now. It was a while ago. It was six or seven years ago. So that's, that's a testament to your coaching is that she has continued to have you as her as her running coach. Yeah, it is hard training senior because, you know, it, you live under the same roof and then sometimes the, you know, running issues can, you know, spill over into some 
you know, your other issues. Sometimes it's hard to separate two, you know, but we make it work and it's, you know, it's fine. She's currently training for another marathon and hopefully everything goes well, which, you know, I'm pretty sure it will. That's great. I didn't know she was training for another one. Yeah. Which marathon? It's it's unofficial. Yes, yeah, she hasn't signed up, but, you know, she has it um, penciled in her book. So uh, I think she's planning on doing the Philly Marathon in November. That's a great race. Yeah. She has done that once before. And she wants to do it again. And she wants to have a better experience than last time. Yeah, that was my second marathon. And I kind of feel the same way. I kind of want to get revenge on that one, one day. Yeah. (laughs) So we were talking before about the impacts of the coronavirus. I'm sure this will probably come up in this question. But as a final question, what are some of your running and or coaching goals for 2020? You know, I would love for all my runners to have awesome year. Uh, get some PRs or, you know, get what they want to get out of it. For myself, uh, I mean, I, I would love to do another half marathon. Well, do it well, I should say. And I have one planned in September. Uh, it's completely new half marathon, so I don't really know what to expect. I don't know the course. I don't I don't know much about it. I'd love to run a, a decent time. That's pretty much it. I mean, I don't really have... I mean, I had two races that got canceled due to the coronavirus that I was training for in the spring, but... Yeah, so I mean, I think that's that's pretty much all I have planned so far, but I might have to look for something else later on this year. What were the races that were canceled uh, recently? Oh, so the race that just got canceled this past weekend was a lucky seven miler. It was for St. Patrick's Day, uh, which was basically my last test before the hot chocolate 15K. That was my goal race for this spring season. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do it. I did it last year and I wanted to do it again this year and see if I can come close to what I've done last year because I, I was pretty happy with my last year. And they postponed or canceled both those? I think the hot chocolate was canceled and the lucky seven miler, I think they said they're postponing it, but they didn't have the date yet. So I don't know. I'm, my, my guess is it's probably going to be canceled, but they'll have a St. Patrick's Day race in, in the middle of the summer. <laughs> In July or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that tells me that it might might be canceled, but it is what it is. I mean, what are you gonna do, right? Yeah. Well, yes. Thank you so much for your time. So, if people want to connect with you and hire you as a running coach, they're gonna go to peepsrun.com or they're gonna find you on Instagram at peepsrun. That's right. As simple as that. All right, so thank you so much for coming on the For Love of Running podcast. Thank you for having me. Hiring a coach is a great way to find success with your running goals. I've been working with Yaz now for four years and have accomplished so much more than I originally thought possible thanks to his coaching guidance. I want to thank Yaz for giving helpful advice while training during the coronavirus pandemic. Right now we're all in uncharted territory and it can be stressful and it can cause anxiety, but thankfully we still have running. And finally, thanks to you for listening to this episode of For the Love of Running. Connect with the show on social media and tell us your story behind the miles. Until next time, I'm your host, Jeremy Stevens. Happy running!